fact, Christmas time is right around the corner. How many of you ladies like to shop and find a bargain? Don't you like to shop? It makes you feel good to find a bargain. Thanksgiving time, birthdays, special times, everybody loves a bargain. Have you ever bought something and got ripped off? I mean, you bought it, you bought it online, you saw it on the computer, you saw it on television. Man, it just looked like the ideal. You couldn't hardly wait to get it, and you bought it, and then when it finally came to you, you looked at it, and it wasn't what it was cracked up to be. You got ripped off. That ever happened to you? You just got ripped off. I remember one time growing up as a boy back years ago, I had a magazine, and we're talking about in the 70s, and in that magazine, there was an advertisement that said seahorses, live seahorses. I thought, wow, I'd love to have some live seahorses, put them in water, and they, they swim. And so I saved up all the money I could. I went out and cut grass, and I had a paper route during that time and saved up all the money I could save up, enough after weeks of, to be able to purchase this great surprise seahorses well I mailed off that little cut out the you know the, the coupon sent it off in the mail could hardly wait for it to come every day I'd go and check the mail and then finally it came about a week or two later it seemed I ran out to the mail got that and it was in a little package kind of like you know flowers seeds of flowers you open it up and you plant them in the ground well I ripped open that package and I thought hmm seahorses and on the package it said put them in water well I put them in some water and to my surprise it looked like a bunch of trash floating on the top of the water <laughs> I mean the seahorses weren't alive I thought what a ripoff what a ripoff man I'll never forget the feeling I had I was ripped off and I needless to say, I didn't go for that anymore. You ever been ripped off? You thought you were getting something, and then when you got it, it wasn't what it was supposed to be. And you were disappointed with it. You just, you just got upset. You got ripped off. Everybody loves a bargain. I remember a few years ago going up to the Ford Company up in Covington, and I found a Crown Victoria 1997 model and it only had 18,000 miles on it 18,000 miles I couldn't believe it now Crown Vic back in those days cost about $25,000 $30,000 brand new wow I couldn't believe they were going to let that go 18,000 miles that was it let that thing go for just a few thousand dollars less than $5,000 man I bought that thing and I just got a bargain. I rode off that parking lot saying 18, it hadn't even been broken in. A bargain. Well, I want to ask you a question. Now, this is going to be a real challenge to you today. Everybody who's a Christian today, the Bible teaches us that God bought us with his own blood. Question, are you a bargain to God? Or did God get ripped off? Man, that's heart searching. I've been thinking about this, praying about this for a few days now. Did God get ripped off when he bought you? Or did God get a bargain? Are you a bargain to God? Or does God feel like I got ripped off? 
There's some parents sitting here today that feel like you've gotten ripped off. Your children may not have been uh, all that you wanted them to be. And, and instead of being a bargain, maybe you feel like you got ripped off. Maybe there are some grandparents today that you've got grandchildren and they never come around. You never hear from them, maybe except for Christmas time, you know, when they get a gift. Maybe you feel ripped off today. What about husbands and wives? Maybe there's some husbands and wives and you feel like, wow, I thought I'd get a bargain, <laughs> you know, when I got married, but I feel like I'm ripped off. Where are you at today? I want to tell you something. Jesus Christ is the greatest friend that you can have and I can have. And I want to tell you reasons, three reasons, why you and I ought to have a friend like Jesus and why we ought to tell somebody else that they need a friend like Jesus. I love that old song. I've been singing it last couple of days. Jesus is all the world to me. My life, my joy, my all. He is my strength from day to day. Without him I would fall. When I am sad to him I go. No other friend can cheer me so. When I am sad, he makes me glad. He's my friend. I'll tell you something. Jesus can make you glad today. He's a great friend. Can I get somebody to say amen? Oh, yes. He's a friend that will stick closer than a brother. Three reasons why you and I ought to have a friend like Jesus and why we ought to be telling somebody else. They need a friend like Jesus. Today is friend day. By the way, there was a contest years ago about a friend, the definition. You know the number one and the number two answer that won the prize as people were making definitions for friend? Here was the number, one, number two answer. A friend is someone that comes in when the world goes out. I'd say that's true. Someone who comes in when the world goes out. Have you got a friend? Have you got friends? The number one answer was this. A friend is someone who can multiply your joys and divide your griefs. You got a friend today? Have you got a friend that's sitting close to you today? Have you told them you love them? Have you told them you appreciate it? What about it, husbands and wives? Have you told your husband, wife, that you love them today? Have you told your children you love them today? Oh, yes. I'm preaching today on the subject, a bargain or ripped off. A bargain or ripped off. Take your Bibles and turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 6. 1 Corinthians chapter 6. And I know this will be a blessing to you, but I want you to ask yourself a question. Did God get a bargain when he bought me? Or did he get ripped off? Am I really giving the Lord my all? Am I really doing what I can for the glory of the Lord? Does God feel like he got ripped off when he bought me? Or does God say, man, that's a bargain <laughs> to buy that individual? Oh, all of us at times probably feel like we could do a little more. All of us at times. 1 Corinthians chapter 6. I want to read just two verses of Scripture today. If you want to stand to your feet as we read the wonderful Word of God. 1 Corinthians chapter 6. I want to begin reading in verse 19. 1 Corinthians 6, verse 19 and 20. 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 19 and 20. Are you a bargain or are you a ripoff? Does God say, I feel like I really got a bargain when I bought them? As we're going to see right here, Paul's writing to the church of Corinth. Notice 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 20. Well, really, verse 19 and 20, if you're there, say amen. What? No, you're not. Because your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost, which is in you, which you have of God, and you're not your own. Look at verse 20. For you are bought with a price. You're bought with a price. Say that with me. You're bought with a price. Say it again. 
Would you turn me down a little bit there? Whoever's in the back, I can't see uh, that way, please. All right? You're bought with a price. God says he bought us. He, he made a deal. And he purchased us. Therefore, glorify God with your body and in your spirit, which is God's. Does God feel like he got a bargain when he bought you? Or does he feel like he, he's ripped off? It, it just didn't turn out to what he thought it would be. Father, in the name of Jesus, thank you for your word. Thank you for the friends that are here today. And our God, I know at times that, Lord, I've, uh, uh, Lord I know you knew that, uh, you know our frame. You know that when we let you down, we really don't let you down. You're not, you already know what's going to happen anyway. I pray today, Father, that uh, you'll search our hearts and you'll help us, Lord, to, to be a bargain, oh God, to you because you've done so much for me. You've done so much for us. You paid the price. You paid the way and prepared a place for me in heaven. And not only that, Lord, but you've come to change my life and give me life and give it more abundantly. And God, uh, Lord, as the psalmist said, what can I render unto the Lord for all of his benefits? God, you've blessed me beyond measure. You've blessed us as a people beyond measure. You've healed many of our bodies, and we say hallelujah. And Lord, you've supplied our needs, and we say thank you, Lord. And Lord, and you've given us peace in the middle of storms, and we're indebted to you. As I was talking with somebody yesterday, Father, they told me, they said, I'm indebted to God. Uh, God's done so much for me. Help us, Lord, not to be a rip-off. Lord, I don't want you to feel ripped off. Because you know us, God. I pray today that you'll lead us into a closer walk with you. And that, God, you'd uh, cause us to love you with all of our heart, soul, and mind. And thank you now for your grace and patience with us. You're still working on us. And, God, I pray today that lives will be changed, that people will come to Jesus and be gloriously saved by the blood because you bought us with your blood. And then, Father, those of us that have been blood-bought and blood-washed, that you'll cause us, Lord, to surrender and yield and be broken before you, that, Lord, as we mess up and as we take our eyes off of you, that, God, you'd cleanse us with the washing of water of the Word and that you'd fill us up, empowering us for these days, whatever time we've got left, however many days we've got. And thank you for being a friend. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus, a friend that will stick closer than a brother through thick and thin when we're on the mountain, when we're in the valley, in good times and bad times. I bless you that you don't change. You're the same yesterday, today, and forever. And I just want to say, God, thank you, Father, for Jesus Christ, my Savior, my Lord, our rock and our salvation. And God, help us to appreciate the friend of all friends. And then, Lord, help us to be friends with others, to tell them about you, the mighty to save. And I thank you for the friends we've got here at New Rocky Creek. I pray, God, that you'll help us to be friendly as you say. Lord, you tell us in your word, in order to have a friend, you've got to show yourself friendly. And I'm convinced, Lord, there are people here today that feel like they don't have a friend, maybe because uh, they've got to, Lord, get out of their comfort zone and come out of the box and reach out to somebody else and be a friend. And then in turn, Father, you bring friends in our life. We love you, Lord. Today, I want to thank you again for victory in Jesus and be glorified when all said and done. And thank you for the friends that have come today. Show up and show out and let them know, God, you've got a great plan for them. You've got a purpose for them. 
And uh, the, the best thing that could happen to them today is that they, as well as me, Father God, would uh, know you, know you not just about you, but know you personally and follow your will and let you have your way with us today. God, be glorified. Change again, we pray. Every heart will thank you, Jesus, because you're worthy. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen and amen. You may be seated. Here's where we're going today in the message. There are three reasons why you and I ought to have a friend like Jesus. Three reasons why I think that the Lord wants you and me to tell other people about this greatest friend you can have. Do you know him? Do you really know him? There's three reasons that I want to take from a text today as we develop this what we call a uh, topical, telescopical type of message. There are three reasons. Number one, because Jesus paid the price. And the price was right. The price was right. That's number one reason. Number two, because, notice, Jesus exchanges for a better deal. God's got a better deal for us. Oh, yes, he does. And then number three, because Jesus, watch this, he guarantees a lifetime warranty. Hey, look, folks, I've just been in revival all week, and I'm a little excited, and if you're not, I'm sorry. I am. Amen. Man, I've been seeing God work. Wow. And I want to tell you something. If that truth grips your heart that Jesus is guarantees a lifetime warranty, he wasn't, he's not going to disappoint you. He's not going to leave you. He's not going to say, you messed up and I'm done with you. No, he keeps on giving grace. He keeps on loving us in spite of ourselves. That's a good place to say amen. And he keeps on pulling us and he keeps on blessing us. How many know that we're blessed beyond measure? How many know that we don't deserve the blessings of God? And, and so the goodness of God leads us to repentance. The goodness of God leads us to say, Lord, I don't want to rip you off. I don't want you to feel ripped off when you bought me. I know how I feel when I'm ripped off. But God, I want to be a bargain. Number one, Jesus paid the price and the price was right. The price was right. Two thoughts. Number one, what was the retail price? And number two, what was the purchasing price? What was the retail price? Paul said, you're not your own, you're bought with a price. Therefore, glorify God with your body. What was that retail price? Can I tell you what the retail price was? God made us in his image. Hello? The Lord made Adam and Eve in the garden. Adam and then from Adam extracted a rib and gave him a wife. By the way, speaking to friends, did you hear about the little boy? He was out in his yard, he was digging a hole. And his friend over in the other yard looked at him and he was wondering what he was digging a hole. And the boy from the other side of the fence, they said, hey, man, what are you doing? And the little boy said, well, I'm burying my goldfish. He said, what? He said, I'm burying my goldfish. And the boy next door said, man, it don't take a hole that big to bury a goldfish. He said, why are you digging the hole that big? And the little boy said, because he's inside the stomach of your cat. Talk about a friend. Hey, are you bought with a price? What is the retail price of, uh, that God paid? Y'all listen to me. Look up here. God, God, hey, he wants you to know today you are valuable to him. You are valuable. You are expensive. You are a treasure to God today. Look what he gave. Look what he's done. 
And he wants you to know that you're not an afterthought. The retail price was he made us in his own image. But wait a minute, I've got some not so good news. You know what happened? I mean, back there when he made Adam in his image, you remember what happened? Gave him a wife, Eve. The devil wasn't happy. He's not happy with you today. He's not happy with me today. But thank God he's defeated. Yes, he is. And, and so God said to Adam, everything is yours. You've got authority. You've got dominion. You can do anything. Here is yours. You read it in the book of Genesis chapter 1. But the devil, Lucifer, was ejected from heaven. And Lucifer fell from his exalted position. And the next thing you know, Lucifer begins to concoct a plan, develop a plan, hatch straight out of hell. And here's what he did. He said, all right, now that uh, I'm, I'm dethroned from my position, Isaiah chapter 14, Ezekiel chapter 28, you can read about it, how the Lord ejected him to heaven. Why? Because of pride in his heart. And Jesus said, behold, I saw Satan fall like lightning, and I give you authority over to tread on serpents and scorpions over all the power of the enemy. That's Luke chapter 10, verse 18. But anyway, back to Lucifer. And so Satan, after he had sinned against God, God created him a perfect being, and yet he had a choice. This is what he did. All right, man's got authority. Man's got dominion. Man can name all the animals. What can I do to steal, to steal that authority from man? And so you know what the Lord, uh, you know what the Lord allowed Satan to do? Satan began to lay a trap. There's Eve at the tree of knowledge of both good and evil. Can you see her with your mind's eye? That fruit looked good to the eyes. It was, uh, make, it was very appealing. And the devil being a liar. How many know the devil's a liar? He's come to kill, steal, and destroy. Oh, yes, he has. And the devil lied to her and said, Oh, God hadn't really said you can eat that. You can't eat that fruit. The Lord, God knows if you eat it, you'll be just like him. And thus the woman took the bait and gave it to her husband. And their eyes were open. Disobedience entered into the human race. Consequently, Satan was given over authority at that moment. You say, but wait a minute, Pastor, I don't understand that. Can I give you an explanation? Matthew chapter 4. Jesus, remember when he was tempted of the devil by 40 days and 40 nights? Remember when he was up on the mountain? Remember when he was told by the devil, if you'll bow down and worship me, I'll give you all of these worlds. How in the world could Satan give Jesus that? if he had not been given that dominion. Simply put, Ephesians 2.2 says he's the prince of the power of the air. Here's the bottom line. God made us in his image. God uh, wants you to know you're valuable, the retail price. The Lord made us, yes, in his image, Genesis 1.26, and also in the book of Genesis chapter 2. And yet man threw away that dominion that God uh, delegated to him in the garden. But wait a minute, God wasn't finished. He didn't have to go back to a drawing board. And the Lord knows what's going to happen tomorrow. Isn't that good news today? That you don't have to worry about tomorrow? Isn't that good news today? That things look like they're out of control. They're spinning out of control, chaos. And maybe today you're feeling like, dear God, where, am I, where are we heading? I want to tell you where you're heading. You're heading according to the plan of God. God is ruling. God is overruling. He's ever ruling. And therefore, you can trust him today. 
He's a friend that'll stick closer than a brother. Will you put your trust in him? Will you put your faith in him? Will you say, Jesus, I'm not in control. I can't control all these people. I can't control all this stuff going on around me. But Lord, I've been anxious. But Lord, I've been worried. But Lord, I have been in a stressed out situation today you need to come to that friend Jesus and Jesus said cast all your care upon him because he cares for you first Peter chapter 5 and verse number 7 the psalmist said in Psalm 55 verse 22 cast thy burden upon the Lord he shall sustain thee he shall never permit the righteous to be moved tell me be honest now be honest how many have been fearful lately how many have been uh, uh, concerned lately Oh, yes, I talked with a young lady just the other day and a young man that came to the revival meeting and both of them said, man, we've been insecure. Our baby was born and was put in the hospital. We didn't think we'd ever bring her home. But thank God, God brought her home. I was scared. I was afraid. Remember Isaiah 41:10. Fear thou not, I'm with thee. Be not dismayed. I am thy God. I'll help thee. Yea, I will strengthen thee. I will uphold thee with the right hand of my righteousness. Y'all listen to me. Look up here. God's not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of sound mind. God's not given us a spirit of fear. Let's say that together. God's not given us a spirit of fear. Say it one more time. I can't hear you. Y'all can talk louder than that. Let's say it together. God's. but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Isn't that good news? I need somebody to help me back there in the back. Hello? The, the, the enemy's trying to cause you to be, I need, two, I need two people to help me back there in the back. Hello? You know what I'm talking about. You, you've been through some stuff. Can, can, you know what I'm talking about. Becky, Sister Becky, Diane, uh, Mary, uh, I need somebody to help me to say, God is our refuge and strength of every present help and trouble. Yes, yes, yes. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so, whom he hath redeemed from the hand of the enemy. We, as a church, we see people going through stuff like chemotherapy and, and through radiation treatments and all that stuff, but we see God sustain them. We see the Lord hold them steady. And Helen, when Danny was taken to heaven, we see God, how he sustains us. Ramona, when your dad was taken to heaven. Brother Walter, we were gathered around your bedside of your dad just the other the night, Tuesday week ago, 5.30 in the afternoon, your dad was running the race. He was getting ready to get to the finish line. And I was there right behind you. I heard you saying, Pop, go on over. Pop, go on over to the other side. Pop, we'll see you. Go ahead. We'll be okay. We'll be okay. Doesn't it give you assurance today that death has lost her sting, that thank God the grave's been overcome, that God said, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. I'm talking about a friend. I'm talking about a friend that will stick closer than a brother. I'm talking about a friend that everybody needs, a friend like Jesus. Hey, Ken, when Cora, your mom, went to be with the Lord, we gathered around the bedside up there at uh, the hospital, up at Grady Hospital, and, and after she'd had her stroke, I remember days after days, there you were in that room, not knowing, Lord, what's the future going to hold, but trusting God, and thank God, God gave you peace to know that Cora would be here today, 86 years young, 
the last Sunday before she went to be with the Lord, she was sitting in church. I talked with her that day, and I said, Sister Cora, God bless you. We'll see you later. I'm telling you, today might be the last time we ever get a chance to sit in the house of God together, old or young, and therefore we need to give God glory because he's worthy. He's worthy. But wait a minute. What about this not only retail price, Notice, what is the purchasing price? After man had lost all this in the garden, the bad news, God comes back and says, but wait a minute, I'm, I'm, I'm not finished even before the foundation of the world. Revelation 13, 8 says that Jesus Christ was the Lamb of God slain before the foundation of the world. And you see, the Lord said, I'm going to buy them back. They messed up in the garden. How many know that we've messed up? How many know that all have sinned and come short of the glory of God? How many know that there's none righteous, no, not one? How many know the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord? Romans 3.23, Romans 3.10, Romans 6.23. There's not a soul that doeth good and sinneth not. Oh, no. That's Ecclesiastes 7.20. And, uh, and therefore our righteousness is filthy rags before a holy God. Why? Because we're sinners by nature, choice, and birth. Uh, David said, Behold, I was shapen in iniquity, and sin did my mother conceive me. That's Psalm 51 and verse 5. And therefore we need a Savior. We need forgiveness. We need mercy. We need grace. God, we've missed the mark. Lord, we've gone astray like sheep. Isaiah 53, verse 5 and 6. But the Lord laid in on him the iniquity of all. He was wounded for our transgression, bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. And with his stripes ye are healed. Yes, Jesus Christ, the Bible teaches in Romans chapter 4 and verse 25, he was delivered up for our offenses and raised again for our justification. Yes, 1 Peter 3 and 18 says Christ died the just for us, the unjust, that he might bring us back to God, putting to death in the flesh, quickened by the Spirit. Yes, Ephesians 2 verses 1 following, Paul said you were dead in trespass and sin, wherein in time past you walked according to the prince of the power of the air. Verse 4, but God, who is rich in mercy with his great love, hallelujah, wherein he loved us even when we were dead in sin, had quickened us together with Christ, raised us up together, made us sit together in heavenly places that he might show the exceeding riches of his grace and his kindness toward us through the Lord Jesus Christ. The grace you saved through faith and that not of yourselves. It's the gift of God, not of works lest any man should boast. Are you a bargain? Are you a rip, a rip off? What was the purchasing price? Can I tell you what the price was? It was the price. 1 Peter 1, 18 and 19. 1 Peter 1, 18 and 19. Peter says, we're not redeemed with corruptible things such as silver and gold, but with the precious blood of the Lamb without spot, without blemish. Do you hear me? We're not redeemed with corruptible things. I'm glad there's victory over the devil. Can I get a witness? I'm talking about victory. Listen to me. You've got authority in the name of Jesus, by the blood of Jesus. Don't you let the devil harass your children. Don't you let the devil harass your grandchildren. You can go in that room in the name and the power of the blood of the Lamb and the Word of God, and God will build a hedge around them. Y'all don't want to talk to me today. There's somebody ought to be shouting today because, thank God, the devil's defeated. They overcame Satan by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of your testimony, loving up their lives. Have y'all been in warfare lately? Has the enemy been lying to you lately? Has the enemy been trying to kill, steal, and destroy? Has the devil been trying to uh, cause things to happen in your life? 
Don't give in to the devil. Submit to God. Resist the devil. He'll flee from you. That's James chapter 4, verses 5 and 6. First, submit to God. Are you under the authority of God? Hey, are you under the will of God? First, come under the authority of God. Then, Peter said, be sober, be watchful. Your adversary, the devil, walks about as a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour, gulp down, whom withstand steadfast in the faith, knowing the same sufferings are accomplishing your brethren in the world. But the God of all grace who hath called you unto his eternal glory, after you suffer a while, make you perfect, establish, strengthen, sell you. I'm telling you this. You don't resist the devil, he'll chew you up and spit you out. How many know he's got a target on your children and grandchildren? How many know he's got a target on your marriage? Don't you be passive. I love you enough, and you know I love you enough that I can tell you this. You need to be proactive against the enemy. You don't need to just cow down and like that old cat when people walk in the room that step on the old cat's tail. And finally the cat got tired of him stepping on his tail, so the cat just stuck his tail out when somebody walked in the room. I'm telling you, we ought not to, to, to cow down to the devil. Today we're in a battle. The battle's the Lord's. What was that purchasing price? Write this down, Ephesians 1, 7. We have redemption through his blood, even the forgiveness of sin. Oh, yes, uh, Colossians chapter 1, verse 20 and 22, and 21, 21, 22. He says we are bought with a price, 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 19 and 20. No, you're not that you're own. You're bought with a price. We're bought, we're bought, we're purchased. Jesus bought us. Jesus paid the price, a price I couldn't pay, a debt he didn't know. I don't know about y'all, but I hadn't got over it yet. Now, you might have gotten over it, but I hadn't got over it that God would get me out of the stinking trash can. Now, don't look at me like you're so self-righteous. But you know today you'd be uh, headed to a place called the lake of fire had God not have snatched you off that wide and broad gate and washed you in his own blood and made you a child of the king, a son and daughter of God. I'm telling you, we owe God our life. You say, I don't like preaching like this. Well, you need to get in the Bible, my brother and sister, and find out the price is right. What was the purchasing price? The blood of Jesus. And you know what? I heard about a boy had an AKC registered dog. Man, this dog was a prized dog. And the boy thought, you know, I think I'll breed my dog with a female dog. He had a male dog. And I'll get the pick of the litter. And so he found another prize, AKC registered dog. Showed him a picture. And he said, I know what I'm going to do. He bred the dogs, and they had puppies. The mama dog had puppies. He said, I get the pick of the litter. He looked around. He saw that little puppy that he was going to take home. He reached down, the little puppy licked his hands. He picked up that little puppy and put him on close to his bosom. And he took that little puppy home. And he fed that puppy day after day. He gave that puppy water every day. He played with the puppy, patted the puppy on the head. By the way, instead of dogs, a man's best friend, I've told you, if you don't believe that, you lock your wife and your dog in your trunk and come back an hour later and see who's happy to see it. Ain't going to be mama, I'll tell you that. A dog's a man's best friend. I was walking the other day. A big old pit bulldog came running out of the yard. 
And I thought about that man that was walking, and when the dog came after him, he said, will your dog bite? And the owner said, no. About that time, the dog bit him. He said, I thought you told me your dog won't bite. The man said, that's not my dog. <laughs> anyway, a dog's a man. man's man. And so this old boy that bought, he, he, he listen, he, he has that puppy. He bred his, his, his male dog and, and had a little baby, I mean a little puppy. <laughs> and, and he took that little puppy out in the woods one day, they were playing out there in the woods. Next thing you know, the boy looked around. Where had he gone? His dog had, Rocky had gone off. Uh, uh, hello. Uh, he had gone off. Where in the world is my puppy? He, he was about that time three months old. He called him and called him. Come here. Come here, come here, come here. And the dog wouldn't come back. Where'd he go? He lost his puppy. He was saddened. One day, he decided to walk downtown shortly after that, a few weeks after it. And he walked by the pet store, and he said, mm, I think I'm going to check this out. He walked inside the pet shop, and there in the back was some puppies. He said, hmm, can't be, can't be. No, it can't be. And he walked to the back of the pet shop, and, and as he walked back there, he, he saw something. It looked like his dog. Closer he got. That's my dog. It had a price tag on it, $100. He said, wait a minute, that's my dog. He went to the owner. He said, that's my dog. Owner said, $100. The boy said, all right, I don't care. I'm going to go get the money. He went and got the money, came back. He bought that dog, his dog. He took it out of the cage. The dog jumped up and began to lick his hand and, and the boy picked him up and, and was happy and, and, and the boy was walking out of the store. He could be heard saying these words. I made you. I made you. You weren't here, but I know your daddy and I know your mama and I made you. I, I had your mama and daddy get together and I made you and, and, uh, but you got lost. You got lost in the woods. I couldn't find you. You got lost. And now I'm buying you back for myself. You're mine now. I just bought you back. And now I'm going to take you home. And I'm going to give you a home that you're going to be with me from now on. You're mine. And I'm yours. And that little boy began to shout. Do you understand what I'm saying? We, God made us, and yet we got lost. And yet God sent His Son, the Lord Jesus, the friend that will stick closer than a brother, and He bought us with His own redeeming blood. And thank God the word redeem is agorizo, means to purchase, to purchase for one's own possession. And He buys us with the intent to let us go free. For whom the Son sets free is free indeed. You know what God's saying to us today? He's saying, I love love you. I made you. I bought you. You're mine. Hey, I'm yours. I'm going to take you to a place called heaven and you're going to spend eternity with me throughout all eternity. Oh, the price that was paid. The price that was paid. There's a second reason why you and I ought to not give God a rip-off, but a bargain. Secondly, Jesus exchanges for a better deal. Notice, we were perfect when we were constructed. Man had no flaws. It was not a manufacturing defect. No, 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 no. God created us perfect in the beginning. And yet, 
God gave us a will. God gave us a choice. And we choose, again, sinners by nature, choice and birth. We choose to disobey God. And so, therefore, we were perfected when we were constructed. However, we became defective when we were used. Psalmist David said, have mercy upon me, O God, according to thy loving kindness, according to the multitude of thy tender mercies. Brought out my transgressions, wash me thoroughly from my sin, and cleanse me from my iniquities. For my sin is ever before thee, and thee and only thee have I done this evil in thy sight, that thou mightest be justified when thou speakest and when thou judgest. Behold, I was shaken in iniquity and sin that my mother conceived me. Behold, thou desirest truth in the inner part, that thou mightest make me to know wisdom. Purge me with hyssop, and I shall be clean. Wash me, and I shall be whiter than snow. Make me to hear joy and gladness, that the bones which thou hast broken may rejoice. Create within me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. Restore unto me the joy of thy salvation. Tell me. Then David said, Then will I teach transgressors their ways, and sinners shall be converted unto thee. Have you lost your joy? I can look at you and tell many of you lost your joy. You've been discouraged. I'm not knocking you. But have you lost your joy in serving the Lord? The joy of the Lord is our strength. Let's say that together. The joy of the Lord is our strength. I know you're going through hard times, but some of us have lost the joy of being a child of God. We've lost the thrill that God has got a plan for us. And, and he's that friend, and he's going to fulfill that plan as we trust him. Yes. Defective. But wait a minute. Are we a bargain to God or a ripoff? Does God look at us and say, you know, I see you walk around murmuring, complaining all the time. I do it. You probably do it, son. And God says, I made you to bring me glory. Why aren't you praising me? Why aren't you thanking me? Why aren't you telling other people about my goodness? I'm getting ripped off. It's a ripoff. I, I thought I'd get a bargain when I bought you. I thought you'd be something really that would be uh, a vessel, meat for the master's use. Oh, yes, Lord, I failed. But God says it's not over yet. Today's a new day. Today's a new day. You can purpose in your heart now that you're, you're going to serve me. You're going to love me. You're going to be a bargain, not a ripoff. What does God think about you and me today? Have we ripped him off? Or is he saying, no, I got a bargain when I got him. I got a bargain when I got her. Oh, I paid for their redemption. And here's the deal. Here's the deal. It's a great deal. It's called the exchange deal. You know what the Lord does? The exchange deal. Paul put it this way. I'm crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. Yet not I, but Christ lives in me. The life which I now live in the flesh, I live it by faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Hey, look, some reason some of you aren't interested right now and you're not taking in what I'm saying is because you're ripping God off. <laughs> I love you, but i got to tell you that. If you're not interested in, in God and your life and spiritual things, Either A, you, maybe you don't have a relationship with God. Maybe today, friend day, you need to get a relationship with God. But B, if you're not really concerned about your spiritual life, you're ripping God off. Y'all can't say that, but I can. Amen? I can say that. Hey, look, 
Don't be a rip-off. Be a bargain. The exchange deal. What, what do I mean about this exchange deal? Hang with me. I'll be done in a moment. You know what about the exchange deal? Let me tell you about the exchange deal. Jesus for our sin. Yes. Jesus exchanges our sins for his death on the cross. And not only that, but Jesus exchanges. I say, all right, Lord, I know that I don't have it in me to love, so God, I need your love in me. I exchange my hate for your love. I exchange my works for your grace. I exchange. It's an exchange deal. I exchange my works for your grace, my hate for your love, my death for your life. Wait a minute. Let me explain. Let me say it again. My death for your life. You know how you can become valuable to God and a bargain for God? See if you've ever done this. Lord, you bought me with your own blood. You tell me I'm not my own. Oh, I've been running my life doing my thing. But God, I need you to exchange my strength for your strength. I need you to exchange my stress for your peace. I need you to exchange, Lord, my lust for your grace. I need to exchange, exchange, Father, my discontentment, my murmuring, my complaining for your joy. Have you ever done that? Have you ever said that to God? Maybe you need to do that today. Why don't you do it today? I'm telling you, it'll change your life. It'll change everybody around you. We're talking about a bargain, a bargain. God wants us to be a bargain. So what do we do? One cross, three nails equals forgiven. But wait a minute. That doesn't only mean once we've been saved. That means after we've been saved that we continue to follow the Lord and not be a rip-off. How many today are serving the Lord? Are you right where God wants you? I love you. i got to say this. I'm not trying to, to be uh, throwing rocks. God knows I need this message too. But there's some of us today that we've been ripping God off. God's given us air to breathe, water to drink. He's given us health. He's been good to us. What are you doing for God? Hello? Ripping him off? I want more blessings, God. I want more blessings. You give me all this stuff and I want more, I want more, I want more, I want more. And if anything goes wrong, God, why did you do it? Come on, that's ripping God off. God don't owe us anything. We're on borrowed time, folks. And the sooner we find that out, the better off we're going to be. The great exchange. Have you ever made that great exchange? Uh, been saved by his grace? And then have you made that great exchange? Maybe some of us need today as a Christian say, God, I hadn't been spending time with you. My time's been my time. But I want to exchange my time for your time. He's worth our time. You want to get God a bargain? Or you want to rip him off? Uh, God, yeah, I got all this to do. I got all this stuff to do. Uh, where's God in your plans? Hello? <laughs> Are you including him in your plans? Can I tell you this? If you're a Christian, you need to. You know why? Y'all look up here. One day, you and I will stand before the Lord God Almighty at the judgment seat of Christ. It's not if, it's when, as a Christian. What are you going to say to the Lord? Said, I gave you all this time. I gave you all these blessings. I gave you good health. I did all this stuff for you. And you've ripped me off. Now, I'm not saying God's going to say those words, but he's going to say this. There's no rewards for you. You could have had all this stuff right here. I, I gave you gifts, spiritual gifts. You could have had this, but you chose to do this. Today, God is saying to you and me, 
You can't unscramble eggs once you've been scrambled. The past is the past. Today's a new day. Start over with God. Will you do it? Start over with God. Last but not least, is there something broken in your life? Jesus guarantees a lifetime warranty. You can't beat that. You can't beat it. Oh, no, a lifetime warranty. Is there something broken in your life right now that needs fixing? Is there something you can't uh, uh, deal with today? And God says, I'm the great architect and the engineer. Bring it to God and let him fix it. Will you do that? Lifetime guarantee. Now listen, it's amazing to me that some of you are sitting here today listening to what I'm saying and the devil's saying, don't listen to him. You just keep doing what you're doing. He don't know what he's talking about. That's amazing to me. You know why? Because if you could ask God to remove the blindfold from your eyes, you'd say, wow, Lord, I see you really want to bless me more than I'm blessed now. But you got this preacher up there, <laughs> you know, uh, saying all this stuff because he knows you will bless me more. And, and I'm not in a position to know that. So I need somebody to help me understand that God's bigger than me. Don't you love the blessings of God? Absolutely. I, I thank God for his blessings. Hey, lifetime warranty. Be a friend. Will you, will, you, will you say, Lord, today as we stand to our feet,